shining a beacon on the bazaar. It's been a few days since Easter now, hasn't it, our kid? It has been a few days. Yeah. Easter Bunny's been though, hasn't he? He has again, yes. And he hasn't fucked off, has he? He's still there. I don't know why people on mainland are just so encouraging all the time. I don't know why. He's awful. I hate him. I hate this time of year. I don't know. Easter Bunny always comes here last. And he doesn't go for days. And he's massive. <laughs> he's That's too big. He's getting bigger. And all eggs he's laying all over the place. They're going rotten. Stinky, stinky, rotten eggs. Fucking And we've been hiding in this cave now for three days. Oh, I'm sick and I'm scared. I'm getting all cold. I am an all. I've had enough. Right. So, plan is now, right? We've got one shot. That old uh, whaling harpoon. The gas-powered whaling harpoon. Are you sure you want me to do it? But miss, that's it. He's no. on us. You've all, well, whenever I've seen you going for a pee, I've always seen you hit the ball quite well. Very <laughs> <laughs> true. I'm quite a shot. <laughs> So, so I think that's what we're going to do. I think what I'll do is, I'm going to go out. I'm going to coax. Careful, careful, our kid. Right, I'm just going to go out of the cave just a little bit now and have a scan. Oh, I can see him. Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, fuck, let me load up. Are you ready now? Right, you only have one shot. Here he comes out. Oh, Over here, bunny! Go on, kid, run! Run, he's after you, behind you! What are you doing, guys? What are you doing, <laughs> you got him right. Fuck you, buddy. You got him right in the liver. Oh, 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 oh. who's crawling off now? Shall we finish the job or? Nah, leave him. <laughs> <laughs> Take your pissy days too. Oh, that's silly, oh. bunny. Right, we can get back now. Oh. Get cleaned up and we can get back God. to Crack and Cove, the podcast that shines a beacon onto the bazaar. I'm a... No, I'm a bruised Benny. Oh, dear <laughs> oh. me. I can get back to the lighthouse, get yeah. us cleaned up, make sure the light's working. Have a lovely big pot of tea. What oh, do you thank think? God, it's over. Thank God. Nice to be back in the kitchen, our kid, isn't it? Cosy, warm, full belly, nice. Oh, it's lovely. I do love Easter though. I do love springtime. I love springtime. I've never been right keen on Easter to be honest. I'm not a massive chocolate eater, and it's just like I don't. I'm just, not a, a Jesus lover or hope. So it's just like tell you what I do. I just get loads and loads of baby bells and mould them into the shape of a big egg and eat it. <laughs> they do do a, a cheese egg. I've seen that do a couple they? of years ago. Yeah, they had a big cheese egg. Yeah, really. That's obscene. <laughs> it does to me. I love the idea of it. That's it. I've got a massive cheese egg. <laughs> I've got two cheese eggs. <laughs> with spring for me it's a time of like birth of bunnies and lambs yeah. and stuff like that babies being born and all yeah, that daffodils sort of yeah, like, it's yeah, grand like, innit you know what I mean yeah when there's yellow on the brun <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know but the thing is as well what comes with birth except gender reveal horror oh not more <laughs> this 
Oh, I love it, actually. Keep it going. Keep it going. Call them. Yep. So two pilots killed in horror plane crash as gender reveal stunt goes wrong over the sea. Wow, it's cursed. That is. So two pilots were killed in a horror plane crash as a gender reveal stunt went horrifically wrong. The incident occurred above the Caribbean Sea in the Nechupte Lagoon off the coast of the city of Cancun in southeastern Mexico at approximately 3.30 on the 30th of March. Mm. So it's pretty recent, it's yeah, it? so yeah. a few days ago. So the couple and their guests, who according to the news outlet Millennio, were celebrating a gender reveal party, were all watching from a boat and can be heard cheering as the light aircraft performs tricks just above their heads. Now this is actually, this is actually film footage of this as well, oh, right now, because uh, the film did. Yeah, like, you know? So the crowd can be heard screaming, it's a girl, repeatedly whilst pointing at the small plane which flies with a sign trailing behind it, revealing the baby is a girl. Right. So it's doing like loop the loops, flying around. Right? <laughs> and one person can be heard saying, "It's all good as long as it doesn't end up crashing into us." Those unholy words. And the atmosphere changes within seconds as the onlookers notice the aircraft is heading directly for the water. The plane that was rented for the party from a company called Zomex crashes into the sea and disappears under the waves. The cameraman reacts to the crash, saying, "Surely this can't be happening." Whilst others can be heard screaming. Oh, <laughs> so they did manage to sort of like rescue the two people. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, they Both did. Died. <gasps> oh, <laughs> oh, shit! Yeah. What went wrong? You like ran out of fuel? I don't know. Well, look, things with light aircraft. There's an awful lot that can go wrong with it. Yeah, you know I bet, I mean? yeah. All it can sometimes be, you can just sort of like hit a, a wrong air pocket, yeah. or just sort of like you know something happens. A little, you just hear a little twang in one of the rudders or something. Yeah, like, and next yeah, thing, you're yeah. heading for the for the sea and it's also like pulling out of a, um, a dive it might even be in the case that the pilot has just got uh, sort of passed out a little bit yeah I, tell you, I, I don't mind the sea you've got a fighting chance it haven't you you know what I mean but yeah. the sky I'm getting a bit scared at sky I'm, I'm, I've never been in an helicopter but a few years ago I thought nah I'm not going to get in an helicopter I'm not or a small helicopter, plane no. I've been on a few prop planes and nearly died on there and I'm just like no I've had enough at sky yeah. only do it <laughs> when you have to I've had enough at sky no, I'm going to sky up <laughs> I think up I've, had it, I've yeah. had it with up now all I want is down <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like skydiving. I thought, oh, you know, the idea of stepping off a plane, what an insane fit. No, yeah. I'm not going to do it now. No, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I think there's, 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 a great, um, there's a great film out I think it's a Swedish or Scandinavian or something. And I think it's called, it's called something like 10 metres up. Right. And all it is, it's film footage, films directly on of people climbing to the 10 metre board in a big pool. Yeah, and it's them getting the brave up to step off. Wow! Yeah. And you can just see sort of like them. And the good thing is because it's in a foreign language, you're not actually listening to them speaking because yeah. obviously you don't understand it. But you can just see the reactions and the way that they're gene themselves up to do it. Uh, and sometimes some are really brave and just do it, and some you can just see the way they're trying to psychologically yeah, yeah. get beyond that thing that stops you from stepping yeah, off. Yeah, you know? other part of your brain just say no, no, yeah. and the other say no, it's okay. It's, yeah, it is. It's a mad one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, you know, and I, I find that really interesting. But yeah. again, back to gender reveal parties, though, it's it's. I don't think the danger is with a plane. The danger is with gender reveal parties. Yeah, yeah. It, it don't, it, it, I think the insanity is there already to actually think that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's all vanity driven as well. So I immediately thinking, not the best decisions being made yeah, there. Yeah, you're cooking up a storm, yeah. aren't you? You know what I mean? And yeah. just think of it as well, right? If somebody turned around and said to you, right, hey, we're having a bit of a gender reveal party, right? You'd roll your eyes and, oh, God, right? <laughs> and what's the plan? 
Um, what we're going to do is we're all going to get in a boat and have champagne out in the middle of the sea. <laughs> and then we're going to have a p plane flying around overhead and that'll reveal what baby my wife is going to have. You think, are you fucking bonkers? Yeah. I'm a bit busy this Saturday, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bit busy. Bit sorry. Busy, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Not more long. Yeah, give a bell when you know. You yeah, know, when you, when you don't even let us know. Yeah, because I don't fucking care. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> These people are just want to be the star of their own game show. It is, isn't it? And what happens in game shows? We know. No Edmund shows us. Yeah. People die. Yeah, that's by his evil hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's it, it's a gender reveal party. We now know, swerve it, don't do it, yeah. don't attend them, don't go there. Yeah. Don't encourage them. Don't yeah. encourage them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not good, you know. Yeah. Keep it to yourself and yeah. even just don't even find out. Exactly, just enjoy it. Just First time in my life, a young one was born and we didn't know, it was just suddenly that right private moment. Yeah. I yelled to everybody, he's got a tail! <laughs> 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 So staying on the uh, the theme of good news, i.e. the idiots getting killed in that sense, but, <laughs> <laughs> but in this sense, it's a bit, a bit of good news, hot topic, someone to sort of fly Ooh. the flag around. We need some good news stories in this ah, day and yes, age. Yes, please. You know, we, <laughs> chuffed a bit with this one, right? Weatherby Moto A1 service station ranked as one of the best in Britain. Ooh. And it is, quote-unquote, better than the Sistine Chapel. Is it Partridge that's written this or something? This is straight off a Partridge show. So this is Charlie Wilson for Leeds Life website, right? Crikey. Wow, I'm not getting this. better than the Sistine Chapel. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. So service stations across the nation have been ranked as a Yorkshire premises has been named in the top ten. So Weatherby service station on the A1, which scored 61 and finished in fifth place. It's coming fifth. Oh, like, this is amazing. Right. So Gloucester Services on the M5 was crowned king of the roadside break with a score of 86 and five stars for cleanliness, range of shops and facilities. The survey of more than 2,700 Brits placed T-based services on the M6 near the Lake District second with a score of 83 and Ken Lodge on the M75 in Lanarkshire took third spot with 69. So the thing is, you see, Weatherby's motor services off the A1 features, he's got a Marks and Spencers, W8 Smiths, Burger King, KFC, Greggs, wow. Costa Coffee, West Cornwall Pastry Company, Chow, don't know what that is, I, I think don't. it's a dog, uh, Krispy Kreme, <laughs> and a Days Inn Hotel. You know, oh for those extramarital affairs? Yeah, yeah, all affairs. Nice, yeah. Have a lovely, lovely affair after a Krispy, a Krispy Kreme donut. <laughs> after dogging the car parks and just get a hotel room. Yeah, lovely. get a hotel room, that's what you do it there. So the service station's review are full of positive praises by motorists, with one man even going so far as to praise the motorway stop as being better than the Sistine Chapel. So the man left a Google review in 2018, right? <laughs> and this is it. You are loser. I've sipped a Singapore sling at the long bar at Raffles Hotel in Singapore. I've enjoyed champagne cocktails whilst watching the sunset of the Pacific Ocean from Santa Monica Pier. I've carried a bottle of 25-year-old Dalwini malt whiskey to the summit of Helvellyn to drink whilst wild camping under the stars. Indisputably, though, the most glamorous I've ever felt 
was whilst knocking back a Costa Coconut Latte in the stunning grounds of Weatherby Services off the A1. With a bag of Percy Pigs from M&S knocking my taste buds out of the park, the odour of diesel fumes mixing seductively with the scent of the flame-grilled Angus Whopper being consumed enthusiastically by the toothless man sharing the picnic bench with me, I have a good claim to say I have enjoyed the full multi-sensory experience. <laughs> After taking an overdue and much-needed slash in the impeccably maintained restroom, <laughs> I step back outside to take in one of England's great sights once more. The Sistine Chapel may have exquisite frescoes adorning its famous vaulted ceilings, but if Michelangelo ever had the chance to gaze upon the steel-grey skies of West Yorkshire, framing the largest single-span petrol station roof in Northern Europe, <laughs> I suspect he may have downed tools forever, having witnessed the pinnacle of man's artistic achievement in the shape of a BP garage. <laughs> I stared in awe until the drizzle soaked the collar of my fleece, before stealing some serviettes from the Wild Bean Cafe to dry tears of wonder from my eyes. I gathered my thoughts before driving to Pontefract to pick up a wheelbarrow. An unforgettable journey. Is he taking pay? <laughs> yes, he's taking God, thank God. <laughs> I don't want him to strangle the man, you know what I mean? But the <laughs> best thing is, the, the reporter there has missed that he was taking the <laughs> Tell you what, though, the, the, I'm on like full alert when I go to a you know, service station. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get out of the car and I look at all truckers and you just think they're a bunch, half of them are killers, aren't they? Yeah. Half of them are sexual predators, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, they're all that. They're just wrong ones, all bushy stinker wee where they're just constantly urinating oh. everywhere. Oh, then you go in there, don't you? And it's just, there's like, so always like an amusement, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like a mini amusement and there's someone at the gambler you think what are you, what are you doing you know yeah, what I mean middle it. of nowhere gambling on a gambler it, yeah there's always yeah. on fruities yeah. and what's even more sinister I find is the vibrating leather chairs yeah yeah I'm and serious. then you go to the toilets and I'm on proper high alert there I feel like I'm going to get raped or something <laughs> going to those toilets people are watching and stuff you know yeah, what I mean it's just like it. shit I'm on full alert I don't like it at all I think there's a term they call it sort of like a liminal spaces which is a place in between places kind yeah. of thing you know yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think uh, service stations are because it's the only kind of truly 24 hour thing that goes on in the UK yeah. that doesn't change. Nothing changes. It's not like turn around and say, oh, it's a breakfast menu, it's this menu, it's that menu. No, it's yeah. all the same for 24 hours. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to change. It oh. just it just gets lighter and darker and lighter and yeah. darker. And everything just goes on and there's the traffic whirring by. I think it's insane. It is. And people are, you know, you see like a young one working there. You can just imagine me in the morning traipsing a mile down bloody it on hard shoulder just to get there. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I've had some bad jobs, but not like that. Yeah, not like that. How else do you get there? Because yeah. there's nothing like little service roads, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. I just imagine that. walking across fields and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Plowing fields so in the middle of winter. Oh, it's grim, isn't it? It's proper yeah. grim. Oh, yeah, the Astrid place. Yeah, I don't like know. them. I just don't. I prefer to hold my piss in, you know what I mean? Well, I know two people, uh, two different sets of couples who used to use their uh, service stations like a romantic place. Yeah, I bet that's like that a lot though. Yeah. He, he just stinks of weird sex, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, 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 a couple I know. Hello, Andrew and Andy. Um, bit odd in itself. <laughs> 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 they're a man and a woman, which is yeah, right. Cool. But they're on Christmas on Christmas Day, they always go out for a bike ride that finishes up at a service station. Yeah. You know, like a motorway yeah, as yeah. well. You know, yeah. and I, I, 
bit weird, mate. That's yeah. absolutely a bit weird. Good somewhere nice, like a nice little cafe somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's a bit odd, but then there's another couple I know. They, they'd had a big round. And I know that I knew they'd have this round. They yeah. used to run a shop near me, and they'd had this round. They told me all about it. Jesus, this is a bit bad. Yeah. And the next day, I'd sort of gone in, uh, and she was all happiness and light again. I said, oh, is everything all right? And she said, well, you know, I mean, you made up to me the best way. I'm thinking, oh, God, what happened? Well, hello. I bet you have a counter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I took me to the service station for a, for a, a breakfast or something. Ooh. And I'm like, what? Because oh no, no, I love them. I love service station. I love service station breakfast. There's something about it. exciting. It's like going, you're going on a journey somewhere. Oh, wow. And I hate stopping at service station. I do all love it. High alert. Everything tastes weird. Yeah. Everything's overpriced. And I, I look at all the trucks, like you say, I always look at trucks, I think, they're all wanking in there. Yeah, it is, just full of porn. <laughs> Wank wagons. There's people, like, tied up in back at the thing, in there yeah. and stuff. They're killers. Oh, killers. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I don't. Even if I'm driving somewhere, it's like, I can be on, like, an eight-hour journey. Yeah. Uh, and it's always a case of saying, no, I'm going to stop at service. It's like, no, I'm yeah. going to drive through. Yeah, exactly, that's what you do, drive through. Drive through, yeah. and it's like you're having Sandy's on go. Exactly. Uh, like Piss out, winded kids. <laughs> We're not stopping for anything. <laughs> Another little bit of a follow-up now, right? Ooh. This is from the news agency Reuters, you know, which I like a bit of Reuters. You, know, you can sort of trust what yeah. Reuters is on about, you know what I mean? Do for me. So this is a, a geologist and author, Lance Carlson, was about to take a dip near the resort he and his family were staying at in Geograph Bay on Australia's southwest coast when he spotted what he thought was the tail of a stingray emerging from the water and striking a seagull. Ah. Upon walking closer with his two-year-old daughter, he discovered it was an octopus. Wow. And it took a, and it took a video which shows the animal in shallow waters suddenly taking a smack at him. <laughs> he got slapped he, by an octopus? He got slapped by an octopus. <laughs> <laughs> so he got right close to it then? He's, or did it dart out at him? No, he says it, the octopus... I've seen footage of this, right? Wow. And it is literally... It, it shoots an arm out of the water and kind of whips him. Shit. Right? And he says the octopus lashed out at us, which was a real shock. Right? Well, he was upset. So after setting up sun protection tent for his family on the beach, Carlston put on goggles and went in the water alone to explore a collection of crab shells, which he believed were left by dead sea creatures. As he was swimming, he felt another whip across his arm, followed by a more, more forceful sting across his neck and Ooh. upper back. Oh, can they sting you? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is he lying? <laughs> I think he's... Did he get suckered? He says, my goggles became fogged, the water was suddenly murky, and I remember being shocked and confused. So Carlson said he raced back to shore and saw raised imprints of tentacles across his arm, neck, and upper back. Wow. And since he did not have vinegar, his preferred treatment for sea animal stings, he, p he poured cola over the affected area, which worked well to stop the singing. Oh, right, no, wee wees. No, no, wee wees. No, that, apparently, I'm not sure if that works, to be honest. I, I well, think I'm like feel anyway. <laughs> 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 oh, you're off me. Lay me back and swing your legs over. On yourself. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Victory Maneuver ini lah Wow So the footage Carlson posted, right, uh, with the comment The angriest octopus in Geograph Bay was widely shared, right? But it, it, he says he felt that he, he said he felt apprehension, but no animosity towards the animal. <laughs> so he's not after revenge. Yeah, he <laughs> kick his head in. <laughs> Floppy head, get it here. And he says this was the octopus's domain. I'm worried that people will view octopuses in a different light. They're amazing creatures that clearly have some strong emotions. Mm. So that's what he's saying there. Like, no, but no, I mean he's he's there saying like he's been he's been attacked. I think I think it's a welt. Yeah. I think I don't think it's poisonous. I think it, although some octopuses are deadly poisonous, one of the most poisonous animals in the oh, whole Oh yeah, that like James yeah. Bond movie. Yeah, yeah I think it's a ring something octopus. I can't yeah, remember I think it, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, and that's super deadly poisonous. How does it do? Does it bite you then? What? How does it do it? No, I think it's poisonous if you ate it. Oh, it's, got, right. yeah, it's not like a venomous yeah, creature. Yeah. I think it's just poisonous yeah. like that, you know. Um, but it shows again they're not just lashing out at bloody a fish, which yeah. piss it off. Yeah. Just slapping everything. Slapping everything. Punching, punching um, seagulls. <laughs> Geologists. I'm going to go at everybody. Yeah, they're you know, those suckers must hurt because you see them on um, like a defensive manoeuvre. Because you see them on uh, cha- uh, whales, don't you? Big That's sucker it. prints and stuff from giant squid and that. Arcatuthis. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Toothy. That's the, uh, that's the giant squid, is it? Yeah. yeah. And what they have, that, which is a little bit different to the octopus, is they have a, a little hook inside some of those suckers. Wow. Which can sort of like grip on even harder, Ooh. you know. But you are right in saying as well, I think some of them are actually quite, quite many toothed even is inside some of these suckers. So it's super, super strong grip, you know. Oh. And that's what create the welts on the side of sperm whales which have been hunting them at great depth. So basically if it slapped your face, it could get under your eye, couldn't it really? Like sucking your eyeball out or something. But if you, if you, got, if you got smacked across the chops by a giant squid, yeah. um, it, I mean, God knows what it could have. No, it's been a little one there. Yeah, a yeah. little octopus. Well, did have you seen that footage of uh, um, a Japanese woman rather stupidly trying oh, to eat an octopus yeah. alive? Yeah, and it starts gripping her head, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. It gripped her head, starts smacking her all around her face with her tentacles, stuck, stuck to her eyelid. The <gasps> next thing you know, pushed its face right up next to her soft little cheek and got its beak in and bit a chunk off oh, her face. Oh, brilliant. I ain't seen that. No, <laughs> yeah. no. Oh, that's awful. You just see this sort of like little dark triangle of blood on her face yeah. where basically she tried to eat the octopus then the octopus says, yeah, I'd rather like two's up. Yeah, <laughs> man. I'm not going to eat you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just slipped it. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, so yeah, that it shows that, as I said before, octopuses, cuttlefish, all the cephalopods, they have these... There's more going on in the mines than we know. And they can be grumpy bastards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get away from me when I'm hunting. I'll get yeah. you slapped around chops. <laughs> well, it's the, I think it's the giant Atlantic octopus. That's the really big one. I mean, that's a, that's yeah. a whopper, is that? What, we're talking? Size of a cow? Um, well, <laughs> size of a cow? <laughs> well, like a horse? What size? Well, well, that's, well it's, we've got the, you've got to think of them in different sort of, sort of scale <laughs> than a cow, right? <laughs> <laughs> because they're the different shit. <laughs> well, like a buffalo. Then. <laughs> well, I think they're sort of size of trampolines. <laughs> <laughs> Is it straight though about the size of a trampoline? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, with the giant squid, you always talk about length, don't yeah, you? Yeah, they're, they're whoppers. Yeah, right, they're, they can be sort of like, like 35, a, 40, 50 feet long, sort yeah, of thing, right? Like a, one of them. They're still about wagon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's only wanking in it. 
kill it. People get wanking in a giant octopus. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's one one man could wank inside its head, and then you have so many just good sex workers in its place. Super tentacle. Yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah. thing. That's the scale we need. So you can't compare it because weight-wise, it's not anything. It's it's heavy. It's yeah, a giant wanking. But it's all jelly and not machinery. Yeah, that's. <laughs> 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 it's all jelly and not machinery. Well, I've really learned to it today, Aki. She's doing. It's not just octopuses that are out there eating people at the moment, you know. <laughs> oh, we've got some more violence on the streets. Violence on the streets, yes. Cool. <laughs> so, this, this story comes from uh, clickorlando.com. So, this is from oh. Florida. So, you know you've got to get <laughs> yeah. good stuff from I thought it from a Japanese restaurant then. <laughs> <laughs> good callback. Yeah. I like it. I wish it was. <laughs> I'm still keeping my eye out yeah, for Please do, because yeah. we need more. I want to go. <laughs> so, this is from Sanila Sabovich, right, uh, for clickorlando.com. And the story is... Woman accused of hitting child with car claims she was trying to run over someone else. <laughs> I just missed and hit a kid. Yeah. Crike. Chaos unfolded at Pompano Beach Park last week after a driver was accused of slamming a car into a woman and child. New six partner local 10 news reports. The driver took, took down a portion of a gate before driving into a playground and hitting a grandmother and a three-year-old grandson. Bloody hell, I must have been going at some pace. You see those kids running and screaming for their lives? Said the grandmother, <laughs> Shonda McLeod, right? <laughs> she said she saw a group arguing at Pampano Beach Community Park. They were on the other side and it was a fight, so we started to get all the kids and get them out of the park because we saw the situation was getting worse and worse. McLeod explained. <laughs> Fedlin St. Felix was behind the wheel of the vehicle that hit McLeod. What about that for <laughs> I don't understand that name. Fedlin St. Felix, it's the hardest word to say. It's kind of crazy, you can't say that fast at all. You know, yeah. someone were happening, you'd be like, watch out for, watch out for, watch out. Fedlin St. Felix, She said she went to the park to settle an argument with another woman and she got emotional. And she says, I was attempting to run her over, but then I see someone put her out of the way. St. Felix said, right? So she got into the car and decided, I'm going to run you over. My God. Instead, McLeod said St. Felix came barreling towards her and her grandson, knocking down a gate in the process and driving into the park where children were playing. I was running to my grandbaby, McLeod said. <laughs> Had I not picked him up, she would have run completely over him and would have been under the car. As I'm picking him up, she's just hitting us both and we just went flying over the car and finally we hit the ground. My God, how fast was she going? Did she try to stop us? She just ploughed through it all in Karen rage. Well, St. Felix said she simply lost control of the car. I was trying to find the brakes, she said. I couldn't <laughs> find the brakes. I didn't mean to hit them. It was an accident and I hope they're okay. <laughs> Can't find the brakes. He's not like the Heidem or something. They're all around the yeah. like glove compartment. Or God. And she didn't. She just she just lost it completely, hasn't she? She's lost it completely. She She's went got Terminator Karen mode. Yeah, she totally did, yeah. 
So, Felix, St. Felix was arrested and appeared in Bond Court over the weekend, and McLeod is thankful that she and her grandson are physically okay. And she says, like, she's really upset, and says that the grandson doesn't even want to go to the park anymore. Oh. She's trying to take a kid back to the park. Oh, I wouldn't. no, you go to a different park. Oh, you give parks a rest of it. You would, you give parks a bit of a rest for a bit. So, God. I mean, there you go, you've got the like, violence. But if someone invites you to park to sort something out, you know, get ready for a brawl, I see. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? It's, that is 100% of the time, it's rumble time. Yeah, in half. Rumble time! <laughs> <laughs> Zips and chains! <laughs> Baseball bat with nails in it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> but that's it, you see. So, but I, I've been angry with people before, but not to the point where you say, right, where's my fucking car keys? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and proper gone at me in your car. In that's car. death, isn't it? You're going to kill yeah, somebody. Yeah, you're going to kill somebody. I hope the proper give her time for that, because that's attempted murder. Well, guess me, she's out on bail. She's not on bail for that. Lock her up, throw away the key, she's a danger. Banner from it. parks, at yeah. least. literally right <laughs> because this story is a baby in Iraq was in the country or in like a spice rack some torturing a baby <laughs> like medieval on his ass put a little bastard sat next to coriander all his life what was the rack again? Did it like stretch you? Like medieval yeah, time? Did, yeah, that's it. Did, God, yeah. that's a horrible bitch, isn't it? Baby on a rack. It is a baby. <laughs> anyway. No, this is a baby in Iraq. Right. It's the first human documented with three penises. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, all at like same area or what? Has he got them all over? <laughs> Just hanging off his shoulder or something like that, right? So, having two penises known as Diphalia, right, or diphalia, occurs in one out of every five to six million births. But this is the first recorded case of triphalia. Wow, right? three wangers. Three wangers, right? So a baby in Iraq, and this is from the Jerusalem Post, which is a bit of a weird one. Yeah. A bit of circumcision to be done there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, all day, wouldn't it? Job lot. <laughs> Cancel my appointments. <laughs> Triple threats. <laughs> So a baby in Iraq has made history. He's the first person to be documented as being born with three penises. Also known as triphalia, or triphalia. I think it's both triphalia as in phallic. believe you. The Kurdish baby from Duhok is the first human to be documented as such. According to Dr. Shakir Salim Jamali, on a study on the find in the academic periodical, the International Journal of Surgery Case Reports. Now, do you want to see a picture? Oh, man, I don't know. Is it allowed? <laughs> <laughs> but it was a test. There's no picture. <laughs> I hope you said, yeah, go on, then. I can have a really good go at you. Touché. So said, yeah, go on, then. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Beat me up. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
drag you out of the yard and they went yeah, for a dirty coffin. bastard. That's <laughs> fucking sad. Police. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to see a picture of three coats of Rocky, baby. In a rack. <laughs> so having more than one penis isn't new. So somebody with two penises is known to have a condition called diphalia. And as a study noted, it occurs in every sort of five or six million sort of births and stuff, right? But this this kid's got three. And despite this, only one could be called the true penis. <laughs> Since what the in the middle? <laughs> <laughs> Since the others do not possess urethra and cannot function normally. So you cannot ah. go pee-pee through it, right? Can he do all else with them? Well, not anymore, because the two supernumerary penises were surgically removed. Oh, he might have yeah. wanted to. He might have done that to the, yeah. While this is the first case ever documented, it isn't the first claim. Back in 2015, a two-year-old boy in India made headlines for having been born with three penises. The extra two were removed for the same reason as the current case, according to the Daily Mail. So what were the reasons, though? Just they're going to get a bit affected or something? <laughs> what? I think, no, I think it's, um, I think it's, it's basically a case that they just don't need him and they look a bit weird. Yeah. Can't fit into normal underpants and stuff <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. I, I mean, they say they don't sort of like, you can't pee through them or sort of like squirt through them or anything yeah. like that. I wonder if you can still sort of get a bone with them, though. Well, you see, you get your career sorted, haven't you? With something like that, you're like <laughs> you're taking away your advantage. I know that. Especially, yeah, you could in uh, in a third world country that could be your yeah, it's your bread and butter. Isn't yeah, it, right? yeah, have a little freak show, something. You'd be like, freak show. What are you Like, do you want to look at these? Here's a coin. Here's another coin. I'll show you another one. And another. <laughs> Three quid a go. But apparently diphalia or diphalia was form first formally reported in sixteen oh nine. Alright. and cases continue to rise. Well what what do you reckon? Is it just like a bit of a mutation? Is it you know, evolution? Is it like next to some Springfield power plant? Is it yeah. some, I, don't, I don't think it's uh, evolution. I don't think we're evolving to have a double dick situation. Yeah. I think it's just a genetic mutation of some sort. Mm. You know what I mean? I think that's what's happening and it's just you know and, and if anything they say cont- cases continue to rise. I think with the rise of like tabloid TV and people being more open about talking yeah, about stuff like that, I yeah. think if you had a double dick situation in the past, yeah. um, I don't think you'd be talking about it. Exactly. If you had three penises, it certainly would rise. Oh, oh no, that's awful. <laughs> what a bit, yeah, I'll just yeah. give you a bit of encouragement. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to piss on your chips my single penis. <laughs> Talking about there, that could mean some sort of freak mutation or sort of life evolving or some mm. sort of, you know. Well, there is in a weird way this next story is about life evolving, mm-hmm. but not in a not in a way that I'm particularly happy about, to be honest. <laughs> Artificial life made in a lab can grow and divide like natural bacteria. Ooh, wow. That's a bit of a bad one, isn't it? And this is by Leal Liverpool from a newscientist.com. That's a bit weird name, mm. yeah, I quite like that though, you know. 
Synthetic cells made by combining components of mycoplasma bacteria with a chemically synthesized genome can grow and divide into cells of uniform shape and size, just like natural bacterial cells. So I'll just run through that again because yeah, there's a lot going on in yeah, that thing. Yeah. So, uh, mycoplasma, what that is, that's a single-celled organism which doesn't have like a, a cell wall. It's basically like a bit like a, well, again, back to it, it's a bit like a jelly. Yeah, it's like yeah. a little jelly thing which doesn't really do anything much. You know? And that's man-made? Man no, no, this, oh, is, right. this is just a normal sort of thing. So it's, yeah. it's a single-celled organism called a yeah. mycoplasma which doesn't have a cell wall. Yeah. And what they've done is they've synthesized a genome and that's like your sort of um, genetic code is a genome, yeah. right? And that's basically what, you know, your, your genetic code makes you do what you do, you know? Mm -hmm. They've synthesized the code. They've oh. made one up, right? And what they've done, they've actually made it up of just a 473 key genes is what they've made it out of, yeah. right? They've, they've attached this to the cell and the cell has started to grow and divide. It's started oh. to evolve almost, Ugh. you know what I mean? So it's triggered life. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's it. really big, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this so the cell's name is JCVI Sin 3.0, right? Catchy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Elon Musk's kids, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, and uh, and the founder is the, the kind of growing and you're like that jelly that you get in a in laboratory yeah. like in a tradition kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. It's growing in there, you know. So they did it at first, they tried it first time round, right? Um, they said, on closer inspection of the dividing cells at the time, they noticed that they were, weren't splitting uniformly, and they were just sort of like breaking off into bizarre shapes, and just kind of just breaking, almost like breaking apart, yeah, yeah. rather than creating a double cell or an extra cell of itself, weren't yeah. replicating, they were just, you know, evolving. Yeah, they're, just, they're, uh, they're producing what they call daughter cells of bizarre shapes and sizes, right? But that's because they've done a certain amount of um, key genes, right, within yeah. that to create that uh, genome. Now, what they've actually done is they've realised they've missed, they've stripped a load out of a gene sequence yeah. to make, create the simplest gene sequence they possibly could to this in this particular one. Uh, but they've stripped out something within it that would create uniform cells, like yeah. proper life growth. Yeah, yeah. So they synthetically put a few things back in, and before they knew it, the cells were dividing uniformly. They discovered exactly what to do to yeah. create a cell, which would start to replicate and self-replicate and mm. potentially grow into who knows what. Replicants. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. They don't know. It's, it's so. But what they're saying is super important about finding this out is that the most basic cell that might have been the start of all human life, yeah. this is what it might have been like. Wow. You know, And it also shows that even just some sort of tiny little blob of goo, all it takes is one of these genomes, simple genomes to be added to it for, to create proper life as we know it. Yeah. Now, who added that little code back in the past? And how did that evolve? How did that occur? Yeah, yeah. You know? But this is when they can study this cell now. If they want to actually do it, actually create novel brand new life, yeah. this is how it starts. Wow, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And they call what they call it is a universal common ancestor is what this thing could be yeah, sort of yeah. thing you know. And before you boil we all, everything down, it, it starts at that. That's what it started. It started oh. by basically some little, as I say, some little sort of uh, microplasma bacteria, which yeah. is nothing really. Yeah. Suddenly, takes that extra step. Something's giving it that push, that kick, yeah, yeah. that first step sort of thing, you know. And that suddenly, rather than 
creating other little blobs which are no good for anything, it duplicates, and that duplication is what is life. Yeah, yeah. So, wow, where do you think that's? Is it a good idea to create artificial? I don't life think it lab? is at all. I remember hearing about you know when um, is it nanobots kind of came out? Yeah. All the idea of them, and they said it like if you you can have a nanobot that builds a nanobot. And yeah. if it goes wrong, you know, it takes about an hour and a half, and the whole world's used up, and it's covered in grey nanobots. Yeah. You know I mean, it's just like these, you know, it's the, how they could double up, triple up, quadruple. It's yeah. just it's a mental. And you think it's something like that? It's the same, isn't it? You're gonna like release the thing or something. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? like, yeah they're called the blob. Yeah, I think I think as well, it's um, because these things are. Are super important. What's going to go on now is this sort of this sort of science and what it means to us all. And I think it is. I'm a bit funny about everybody having an opinion on everything at the moment. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. Everyone sort of think, well, I've got my, my opinions are valid as yours. And I think, yeah, it is. You know, but let's not talk about bloody Jersey Jersey Shore or some sort of yeah. you know all sorts of. Let's get down and have a conversation about things that we should or shouldn't be doing. Yeah, because they, yeah. they do. They do involve all of us. There's yeah. lots of should be votes, really, shouldn't they? Or yeah. you know, people involved in it more than them just making you know governments and scientists making their own decisions, yeah. such big decisions. Well, it is. It's not it's a question. It's not can we do these things? It should we do these things? Exactly. You know? yeah, and I think no matter how safe um, those labs are, stuff does get out. China. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, a bad one was actually potting down in. The, this is where the uh, I think even one of the vaccines has been uh, helped develop in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that's that was notorious. Back in the days, weapons manufacturing. Yeah, I remember hearing that it has yeah, got the really yes. bad stuff in there. Yeah, and anthrax and, and all that. Yeah, it's all that sort of stuff. Well, apparently it's opened up a bit now. They're doing tours of it now. You can go in and see, and they've become a bit more sort of open. Well, green. <laughs> <laughs> you can go and look at the monkeys getting to. <laughs> 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 but you know, it's like you know. I, I suppose they do have to be a little bit more sort of like uh, uh, transparent these days because mm -hmm. you know we all suspect like labs. You just think, no, we know what what goes in your labs and it's evil. So yeah, you, know? it and you don't want one of those sort of uh, like raiding of the Capitol building. You don't want one of them mobs rocking exactly, up, do you? Yeah, and opening all yeah, the yeah. jars up because oh they could open the one that contains God. rage. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think, like I say, I think that the idea of actually creating artificial life, even like uh, AI, artificial intelligence, yeah. because it's getting better and better and better as artificial intelligence, is it soon going to be a point where they have rights? Yeah, yeah. It is, it's a creepy idea, yeah. isn't it, really? Creepy. And so if that's the case, then what rights do does like, like life, which is being made in a jar, what, 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 yeah. what rights do they have? Nothing, they must make me tea. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you do realise in top forty years' time, when the AI and the robots and all the artificial yeah. replaced, you're going to get cancelled, mate. <laughs> all the cancellations. <laughs> Talking about China, um, <laughs> <laughs> having to go up and for things. You know what I, mean? I mean, the thing is as well, we're China, big country, obviously massive. Country, yeah, it's you know, huge, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's getting bigger all the time with Tibet. <laughs> <laughs> Keep licking bits. But yeah, this is the, the problem I've got is like the um, 
is the, the what they call the Uyghur population, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is like an uh, like an ethnic population within sort of uh, this district of uh, I think it's uh, in Xinjiang is the right. province in China where yeah. there's a lot of the uh, Uyghur population are, and it's an Islamic faith. Oh, they get so. I've seen some really dark satellite pictures of stuff like this. Yeah, this is absolutely fucking horrible. And I think it's factual as well. It is a case. It, it is happening. Yeah. They are imprisoning and um, enslaving yeah. this entire sort of this, this forced um, this forced castration, oh. this forced sterilisation. They're doing. I don't know what the hell has happened with China to take this very very dark right turn at the moment. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But it, it, it does need to stop. Something needs to be done about it. But the problem we've got is with a gigantic state like China. Who can stand up to them? No without one. Yeah. Absolutely, they're king at world, aren't they? Really, at the moment, they're scaring me. And, it, and it's a case where, it's, when you get to that sort of size, you should be in a situation where you should have a greater moral compass yes, yeah. to turn around and be a bit more forgiving and a bit more tolerant of everyone within your own nation. Yeah, you know, yeah. you can't just be sort of. I mean, yeah, all right, it's a communist state, but they've kind of gone softer on that sort of side line. Yeah. Why have a go at a Muslim faith? I just think yeah. it's absolutely. And they appalling. got bullied so bad off Japanese for years. Off of the world, they got bullied in China, and then yeah. they turned into the bully. That's exactly right. Uh, well, exactly. I mean, I've been watching a great documentary at the moment about how the Jap- Japanese uh, samurai invaded China, and that was absolutely brilliant. Interesting. When there, they kicked their Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a super the, the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was just a superb documentary, very very well done. So, <clears throat> the thing is, what can they do about it to change their image and stuff like this, or to mm. to prove everything's okay? There's only one thing you can do: launch a musical. <laughs> China's <laughs> launching a musical about killing lots of people. <laughs> so China launches a musical in bid to counter Uyghur, uh, the Uyghur uh, abuse allegations, right? right? So, a new state-produced musical set in uh, Xinjiang. Inspired by the Hollywood blockbuster La La Land, has hit China's cinemas, portraying a rural idyll of ethnic cohesion, devoid of repression, mass surveillance, and even the Islam of its majority Uyghur population. Right? So it's like a big rebrand thing, right? And it's saying it's the northwest region where the United States and other Western nationals and human rights groups say genocide has been inflicted on the Uyghurs and other Muslim minorities. As allegations of slavery and forced labour inside Xinjiang's cotton industry have drawn renewed global attention, including big brands like Nike saying they are no longer sourcing materials from the region. Inside China, Beijing has been curating a very different narrative for the troubled region. Rap songs, photo exhibitions and a musical called The, Wing of the Wings of Songs are leading the cultural reframing of the region, while a legion of celebrities have seemingly unprompted leapt to the defence of Xinjiang's tarnished textile industry. So what they're doing really is they're just sort of saying, well, what? How can we make this problem go away? Just with propaganda. They're not changing the ways of what they're doing. Really bad propaganda. Musical. Come on. Yeah, it's just insane. I mean, at what point do you think a musical is going to make everything sort of work and go right? And who? I'd love to have been at the desk for that yeah. discussion. But I think the, that used to propaganda of China that you know it's a, a, a sort all, isn't it? You know what I mean? If you just ignore it and put another story out there, it works. Yeah. Uh, it, trailing the movie, state-run Global Times reported the overseas blockbuster such as La La Land have inspired Chinese studios to produce their own domestic hits, right? So that musical amidst the surveillance cameras and security checks that blanket uh, Xinjiang, also notice. 
Also noticeably absent are references to Islam, despite more than half of the population of Xinjiang being Muslim. And there are no Rubbing it out of the yeah. mystery books, are they? So there, there's no mosques or women in veils. And in one scene, a leading character, a well-shaven Uyghur, toasts with a beer in his hand. Oh. So this is a guy here who's meant to be an Uyghur, right? Yeah. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, very, many apologies. I'm just giving it a go. Yeah. But don't cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's toasting with a beer that's totally proven. Yeah. Well, he's, well he's, 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 uh, he's a Muslim, yeah, so yeah. of course he wouldn't have a shaved face yeah. and he wouldn't be drinking alcohol. God, just change. He's just, you know, they're trying to make out this is what it's like. Is he getting, uh, no, mate. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can't cure shit with musicals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, America has actually tried to sort of like do some sort of diplomatic sort of like yeah. ways of working this now. So, they've been, they've been taking sort of like financial sanctions, things like this have been against yeah. the region and China's still just doubling down yeah, and yeah. it's getting worse. So, what's happened as well, another thing is they've sent certain diplomats back of China. They said, right, if you're not going to do this or you're going to say this about us, we're going to send some of your diplomats back. But they're only sending back sort of like quite minor diplomats. Yeah. They're not escalating it to the point where they're saying, oh, right, we'll get all shut your... Shut the embassy. Yeah, yeah, they're not... Exactly yeah, right. Yeah. That's exactly right. They're not doing things like, well, we're going to shut the embassy. I mean, PR-wise, China's having an absolute shit show of it over yeah. the last two years because, obviously, you look at the wet markets and you sort of think to yourself, well, how do diseases come out of there? Yeah. Or you look at them, perhaps they might have manufactured something. That's yeah. another sort of like theory. And, you know, but the truth of the matter is the, the virus, you know, COVID has come from China. Yeah. You yeah. know, and one practice or another, we don't know which, has caused this to occur. Yeah. <laughs> and next thing you know, they're actually torturing their own population. Perhaps there is genocide going on. Yeah. A genocide in yeah. this day and age. A massive scale. And yeah. the only thing the way that they can think to to solve this issue is by whitewashing with God. mad campaigns like this musical. And it's it? such a shame, again, it's not the Chinese people. You know, it's like 99.999% of the country is absolutely brilliant and lovely people. Yeah. But it's just that horrible percent that's just ruling it and turning it into that beast. Well, it's, um, well, what's actually happening as well is there used to be an app, you know, like an audio platform called Clubhouse, right? Yeah. Uh, and it was a, uh, there was some uncensored discussions briefly flowered, including on Xinjiang, where Uyghurs give, give unvarnished accounts of life to attentive Han Chinese guests. So the other champi- uh, the Han Chinese, which is like a sort of a, a uh, yeah, another ethnic people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. It's a, another ethnic group. Yeah. Um, and I think they're so they're actually thinking, whoa, 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 what's going on in the yeah. What's happening? You know. Um, so they've just closed down the app. Can't get it anymore. No, you know. God. So the current p- uh, PR push on Xinjiang aims to control the narrative for internal consumption, says Larry Ong, uh, of US-based consultancy uh, Sino Insider. It says Beijing knows that a lie repeated a thousand times becomes the truth. So that's what they're after doing, you know. Uh, So one movie goer sort of said about this thing, I've been to Xinjiang and the film is very realistic. Uh, The wings of songs in Beijing, people are happy, are free and open, right? But he declines to give his name. Yeah. And that's the thing. And this is what's actually happening there, you know. This, I mean, this this looks ridiculous. Does this film? Yeah, you yeah. know, because you need, yeah, you just can't do that. It works for them though. I remember reading about Second World War. So you know, they were really against it, obviously with Japanese invading and stuff. 
Um, but you know, the, they went for the communist side, and then the powerhouse of China said, "Right, you know, we have got to turn this round and become a war machine." Yeah. And it kind of got to a point when they're like paying Russia in rice for arms, you know. All for right, yeah. And it, and they weren't eating anything on the people. They, they were growing it all, you know. Yeah. But we're all going to Russia, and like one of you know, like quite an ice state, more some military bloke. You know, he was thinking things of roses, and he, he, after a couple of years, he could return to his village and you know catch up. He had a bit of a holiday. Yeah. And he said it was just like this wasteland. You know, people toiling in fields. You know, like you'd see like a dead body here and getting pushed onto a car. And he went back to like the main bosses kind of yeah. hovel. You know what I mean? And he's busy wasting this massive pot, and he's just like, "What's the pot?" You know what I mean? There's all these limbs and bodies, and, and he's just what? like, "What?" You know. You, you, you know at first, I thought they were going to say they're going to eat it. He goes, "Oh no, he's not eating. You got to put it out on the rice fields. You know, like making their own like you know, well, like, yeah. <laughs> he drop, he drop. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> just, he said he just, you know, thinking, "What are we doing? What have we done? You know, we're supposed to be like gearing up for a fight, and we're just." enslaved his own people yeah. this badly you know what I mean it was heartbreaking it was like can't remember reading it's like oh god you know yeah, I, mean? I, mean, I, I did read a few things about that I mean obviously that's a long time ago now yeah, this yeah. is under, under Chairman, Chairman Mao you know I think yeah. it's the great I've done it as the cultural revolution I think they call it yeah. something like this but they were saying that they would, the commissars would come to the village and say we are you know you have to produce more rice so what they were doing they were having an area of rice where you could sort of like that was tested. They'd say, you know, how many can you grow? Mm. Your, your particular province, how can? And they'd pull all the rice out of all the other fields and pack it into this one area. So when the commissar turns up and counts uh, it and says, yeah. oh, "You're doing really, really well. This is amazing." Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. And they'd, um, but then of course, then the commissar would go away, and all this rice had died because it'd been rammed into this field. So not no rice anymore. Oh, no. And they also had another one of the big pushes that they did was to say they needed metal for the you know, like for arms and ammunition. Yeah, yeah. So there was like these big drives to collect metal, yeah. and the particular districts wanted to prove that they could collect more metal than anyone else. So the commissars would come and push it again, and yeah. they just collect everything. So all the pots, uh, pots, pans, knives, axes, oh. everything metal that they owned, they piled up and was given to the state. And the state go, well done, you like you've done this. Here's a certificate to say you've done really, yeah, really well. Yeah. Here's a badge. Uh, and they go away and they had nothing, so they had nothing to cook in, nothing to prepare meals with, and they starved because of oh it. Oh, God. And then there was another push then to turn around and said, like, well, what's the reason why what tax rice production more than anything else? And they said it was um, birds, you know, like uh, sparrows and yeah. finches and things, were coming and taking seed. Right. So this next big drive was to kill all the birds, right? <gasps> oh, <laughs> it's insane. So they killed just about all the birds that they could possibly find. Everyone said, well done you, right? And then the next step, then the insects. <gasps> oh over. my god! And of there was course. massive, super giant plagues of locusts and other insects, which wiped out all the cross crops. And yet again, everybody starved. Oh wow! So I'm not saying like the the West is in any way great. We're complete yeah. bastards. Yeah, we've been yeah. awful, awful. But history repeats itself in a yeah. way with the West. We've been bastards, and we're trying to be bastards again. But China's doing it their own way, yeah, aren't they? That's that bit. They're just fucking get, just killing that many people, starving. Yeah. Just, just any form of like, so let's let's just be nice. Yeah. We've got enough shit going on at the moment without. <laughs> you know what I mean? just chill out. Just chill out, man. <laughs> that's what. That's, so that's that message from Kraken Cove yeah. to China is. Just chill out, you know, man. Smoke a ball and just chill out.
Oh, already? <laughs> it doesn't seem fair, does it? It's all getting into that. You can't get enough cove. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing now, you see. We've, we've got back in, we've got ourselves all nice and cosy here. Got all, the, all the memories of the evil Easter Bunny, you know, mm, it's rampaging yeah. on the island, that's all over with. Yeah. And look, the tide's coming a bit and it's washed all under those rotten eggs that it's been yeah. laying around everywhere. And it's blood. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but don't worry, he'll be back. You don't <laughs> kill a, don't kill a bunny that easy. <laughs> yeah. But let's talk about a different kind of sort of like rabbit in a weird way now. Let's talk about the hare. Oh wow, cool! And this yeah. is you see we're in springtime now, so one of the big signs of sort of like spring is the hare, and it's I think it's uh, more than any other creature in the UK. Um, or the, you know these areas and stuff. It's it seems somehow a magical creature. It does. It? You know, I haven't seen that many. I remember seeing one. You know, you're just looking at a car window, you're driving, you're thinking, Jesus, look at that! Look like the size of a like a, <laughs> like a size of a lawnmower or something. <laughs> 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 the size of eight tins of quality street. <laughs> <laughs> They are big. I mean, I, I, I saw one once and it was lit. I'm not even going to go to the again. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> can't pay it. It looked like it were a metre long anyway. Yeah. That <laughs> they are. I'm not joking. What are the massive. They are whoppers yeah. of these things. And they look know? kind of, they do look magical. They don't yeah. look, the way they move and stuff, they look mad, don't Very otherworldly creatures, mm. I think. And I very much like them. But, um, what this is about here now is like about how uh, is how the human relationship with the hair and what yeah. we thought of it and things like this, you know, and they're sort of the Mad March hair, especially, you know, this strange occurrence of its activities out in the fields and things. I think it's always somehow bewitched us. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but there's a poem called "The Names of the Hair," and it's a poem written in the late 13th century. Wow! Right, originally in Middle English, right, that is attributed to a Shropshire family on the Welsh borders, and the poem is said to be a ritual to be recited by a hunter on his first encounter with a hare, and it includes the 77 different names given to the hare in the poem. And it's meant to, by, by its recital, yeah. it's meant to give the hunter power. Wow. Right? So obviously, like, hair was eaten a lot of the time as well, you know, yeah, yeah. And all that sort of stuff. So the thing is, with this thing, it is, like I say, it was written in Middle English, right? But it's been translated by Seamus Heaney, uh, yeah. who did uh, Beowulf and various things. Oh, like this. wow, like, yeah. You know, yeah. You know. And there's, there's quite, a good, um, quite a good tradition of, like, a poet's laureate of translating very important sort of, like, puns. So yeah, so this um, so this particular poem does contain all of the names of the hare. What do you think? Are we up for it? Yeah, let's do yeah. it. So, like I say, it's called uh, the name of the hare. So the man the hare has met will never be the better of it, except he lay down on the land what he carries in his hand, be it staff or be it bow, and bless him with his elbow, and come out with this litany, with devotion and in sincerity. To speak the praises of the hare, then the man will better fare. The hare, call him Scottart, big fellow, Bouchart, the O'Hare, the jumper, the rascal, the racer. Beat the pad, white face, funk the ditch, shit ass. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The Wymount, the messer, the skedaddler, the nibbler, the ill met, the slabber, the quick scut. Which is a fast wow. fuck. <laughs> the dew flirt, the grass biter, the goibert, the home late, the do the dirt, the starter, the woodcat. Wow. 
The purblind, the first cat, the skulker, the bleary-eyed, the wall-eyed, the glance-aside, and also the hedge-springer. The stubble-stag, the long-lugs, the stuck-deer, the frisky-legs, wild-one, the skipper, the hug-the-ground, the lurker, the race-the-wind, the skiver, the shag-the-hare, the hedge-squatter, the dew-hammer, the dew-hopper, and sit-tight, the grass-bounder, the jig-foot, the earth-sitter, the light-foot, the fern-sitter, the kale-stag, the herb-cropper, the creep-along, the sitter-still, the pin-tail, the ring-the-hill, the sudden-start, the shake-the-heart, the, the belly-white, the lambs-in-flight, the gobshite, <laughs> the gum-sucker, the scare-the-man, the faith-breaker, the snuff-the-ground, the, the baldy-skull, his chief name is Scoundrel. The stag sprouting a swayed horn, the creature living in the corn, the creature bearing all men's scorn, the creature no one dares to name. When you have got all this said, then the hare's strength has been laid, then you might go faring forth, east, west, south and north, wherever you're inclined to go, but only if you're skilful too. And now, Sir Hare, good day to you, good guide you to a how-do-you-do, with me, Come to me dead in either onion broth or bread. Wow, that is so cool. <laughs> I love them names. Each one of them are magical, it's good, isn't it? it? God. And the source of text is from the Rattlebag book, right? It was edited by Seamus Heaney and Ted Hughes. Ah. Massive Ted Hughes fan. Who's Ted Hughes? I know that name, but then I yeah, can't think. He's a that was a Yorkshire poet. Right, yeah. And he was poet laureate as well, was Ted ah. Hughes. And he wrote The Iron Man. <gasps> That's it. Yeah. God, I am Iron Man. I thought you were Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you see, it's good. There's some good names in there, isn't oh, there? Oh, fantastic! It's, 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 it's like a, it's a poem now. It's so, you know, seven hundred, eight hundred years old. You know, Crikey, like, that's crazy! And I love the fact that the bottom line of it is really he wants it either in the onions or in his, you yeah, know. So really, like a, a hunter's going out first, you know, in springtime, and he sees one, and they'll just kind of whisper off them names, you yeah. know, all seventy, what was it, seventy-two, seventy-eight, so, of seventy-seven them. names, I think. They yeah, are. yeah, yeah. So, and then that's it. And he's powered up. He's got his powered up. But yeah. like you're seeing it, you know what I mean? What kind of Poetic thing, you know, like some strong ass hunter, you know what I mean? Just like magically saying those, yeah, that's yeah, it. Just it into the sort of into yeah, the wind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's another thing here which is hairs are intimately woven into layer upon layer of folklore in Britain, particularly associated with the moon and witches, which I do not propose to explore here beyond an illustrative quote of Margaret Murray's purportedly from 17th century Scottish witch trials. And the method of making the ritual change into a hair was by this incantation. I shall go until an hair with sorrow and sick and metal care, and I shall go into the devil's name. I will I come home again. And to revert again to the human form, the words were, Hair, hair, God send thee care. I am in hair's likeness just now, but I shall be in a woman's likeness even now. Wow, and then that's it. Ping! You're not yeah. covered in pews no more. <laughs> that's it. It's like a depilator or waxing. <laughs> hair remover. <laughs> the hair removal. <laughs> so there we have it. We've got some sort of against the uh, Easter bunny. We've got yeah. the Mad March hair. Oh, yeah. nice. oh, we did the full circle there. We've gone full way around now, you know. Yeah. 
But I think now what we've got to do is it's been a tough old time of it. I think we probably need a bit of an early night. Yeah, I'm sleeping at caves. I know my back, my bones, everything. I think his boat's gone anyway, so that's it for another year. (laughs) The bunny's boat, massive yacht, right? Fancy yacht. (laughs) It's golden. So it just remains for me to say it's a big bye-bye from Matt. And it's a bigger bye-bye from the Benny. <laughs> See you guys. There are three ways you may contact Kraken Cove. Either by email at podcast at gmail.com On Twitter at Kraken Cove Or Instagram at Kraken Cove Ha ha!